Detecting Cybercrime Using Behavioral Biometrics. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Ayelet Biggerlevin, Vice President of Market Strategy at Biocatch. Welcome, Ayelet. Hi, Tanya. How are you? I'm good. Remind us what Biocatch does, please. So Biocatch uh, focuses on helping customers and financial institutions mostly prevent and detect fraud by analyzing a user's digital, physical, and cognitive behavior and leveraging behavioral biometrics. And what we do as both at account opening and when during the whole account lifecycle, we look at patterns of cybercrime versus legitimate type activity to be able to say, you know, how risky a certain activity is and then recommend course of action. Define behavioral biometrics for us and, and give us some examples of normal versus suspect behavior. So behavioral biometrics um, really analyzes patterns in human activity. So we start with data collection. So we look at mouse activity, like the speed, movement patterns, scroll preferences, keystroke movements, shortcuts or advanced keys being used, touch screen behavior, device movement when it comes to mobile, like the gyro, things like that. And what we do is we take that data and aggregate it leveraging machine learning to be able to then find patterns. And there are three levels in which we analyze the data. The first level is what we call behavioral biometrics, and that's comparing the current user activity to a user's profile. So what we've seen in the past, if we're talking about an account lifecycle, um, what we've seen in the past from this user, um, are they more right or left-handed, uh, the speed of their typing, everyone is different. And every type of activity will split kind of the world population into more and more. And so you can build a profile and then next time a user comes in from that account, you can say, this looks like normal behavior for this user, or this is an anomaly. So that's the first level. The second level is looking at the population. So on the population level, we can start to see patterns that correlate with good and bad. So what we do is we take fraud feedback and confirm genuine feedback. And we profile cyber criminal activity as well as legitimate user activity. And some things that we look at in this, in this scenario are patterns of data familiarity, which is how familiar is the user with the data, um, form familiarity or process familiarity, which is how familiar are they with the form. And each type of user will have different ways and, and different expectations that we have of them um, in terms of that. Uh, so another element is age analysis. So we can actually look at the way you type and look at the speed and say, you know, you're within this age group, within five years of an age group. So looking at, um, and we've been able to find that over time, and, and it's really especially important to protect the elderly, because in most scenarios, um, account takeover schemes will happen within the, to the elderly population as victims by younger cyber criminals. So being able to say, you know, Yes, you stated in your account opening that you were born in 1960, but you're acting like a 25 year old is very helpful and really helps um, detect, uh, you know, account opening fraud. The third layer, and this is really the most sophisticated one, is combining the two. Because even if looking at your past behavior, you look like it's you. So it looks like, you know, everything that you've done in the past resonates, your, the way you scroll or the way you behave. 
but something is off with your behavior. So maybe you're displaying signs of, you know, being guided or signs of mouse doodling, which is kind of hovering with the mouse because someone is instructing you. So combining the two together, you can reach really deep, profound behavioral insights that are those subtle anomalies that happen within the session that show that your emotional state is off or that you're distracted or something is off. And so the, it might be you, but the scenario is not correct. And that helps detect things like scams. How are behavioral attributes read in real time? So what we do is we collect data in real time uh, through an SDK. So either JavaScript or within a mobile app, the, the, our customers, so the financial institution will embed data collection. So we collect um, all these you know, keystrokes and mouse movements in real time, they're sent to our server and we analyze the data in real time. And, um, and it's very powerful actually. And what happens is, I think up until now, traditional controls have been able to, you know, when a high risk activity happens, alert. So if there's a payment or address change or you know, personal contact details, they would call us or call you know, any, any vendor in the space who offers a solution, call, say, okay, what is the risk score at this point in time? Is it risky? Is it not risky? Should I authenticate? Should I block? Now what we can do is actually say, you tell us what risky means to you and we'll alert not when there's a payment or um, you know, an address change or something like that. We'll alert when risk happens. So you define the logic for risk and we'll tell you immediately because of the continuous analysis that we do. Are you tagging specific behaviors as criminal? Or are you looking at pattern changes or, or both? Both. So um, we are looking at pattern changes when it comes to a specific user. So if they're using, let's say, I'm using my device, I'm in a location that I'm always using, um, it still could be some form of account takeover, right? Because device elements can be spoofed, location can be spoofed. There are many, many controls that cyber criminals use today in forms of malware and even different types of malware. It could be man in the browser. It could be man in the middle, just you know, stealing device elements to then spoof them and replay. So there are many ways where device and location are not good enough. So we need to look at other elements. And the nature of behavior is that it cannot be copied and replayed. Um, because if you replay someone else's behavior, you'll reach the same results that they have reached. You can't if you want to funnel money out of an account, you need to do something different. So by nature, um, if we profile the user behavior against their history, uh, we can see anomalies if it's someone else. We also profile, as I said, in the population level. So in that sense, we can find patterns of cyber criminal activity versus legitimate user activity. Um, so for instance, cyber criminals will display very high rate of using kind of expert key key strokes like you know functions and alt tabs and all these uh, different things where legitimate i'm not saying that everyone who's an expert user especially not the computer savvy community is a cyber criminal by all means no but there is a higher co correlation within the population of these types of behaviors so we aggregate several patterns to reach a conclusion and say this is a legitimate or cyber criminal activity you say that in our digital world, behavior tells all. What privacy safeguards are in place to make sure legitimate behavior isn't used to tell too much? Yeah, that's, that's a really, really interesting um, 
question. And, and at this day and age, this is something that we are absolutely aware of and aware of the need. And I think there are two points here. One is we don't know who the user is. We don't need to know who the user is in order to do this type of analysis. All we need is, you know, this is the same account. This is not the same account. So a hashed ID is what we get. And then the data that we collect, we don't care about the data that the user enters. So we don't have the personal information. It's about how the user enters the data that we use in the analysis. Um, and then that's one aspect. And, and the other aspect is really what we do. What we do is protect against cyber criminals. You know, we protect customers, our customers, their customers, and their assets. So as long as we're on the, on, you know, the, the side of the good, the side of helping, um, you know, that's definitely for, for the better. Ayelet Bigger 11, Vice President of Market Strategy at Biocatch. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to find out more about the work that you do. How can they do that? So there are two ways. They can email me, ayelet.levin at biocatch.com or find me on LinkedIn, Ayelet Bigger 11, and just message me. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me again. Thank you. And find more of my interviews and subscribe right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.